Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. My Holy Week meditation this year has taken me to the Gospel of Matthew 20, chapter 26, which is an account of the arrest of Jesus. The account brings together two essential elements of the Holy Week narrative as far as the arrest of Jesus is concerned. The first is, it brings together Jesus with the religious co-conspirators that arrested him. It must not be forgotten that the elements brought together in the story are the ones humanly on which history relies. In the first place, these are religious people and organized religion itself. And on the other hand, there is the human being about God's business, Jesus Christ himself. He was seeking no interest of his own only the interest of others. In the account in Matthew 26, Jesus himself is outnumbered. The forces acting against him are many, but he is alone. The forces are not only many, they are also impressive forces with titles and high offices and well-organized and well-resourced. The truth is no reason is given in the account as to why they are up to what they are up to in seeking the arrest and the life of Jesus. And perhaps no reason is necessary. For one thing, often when evil is the inclination, they make it up as they go along. And also because the crime exceeded the motive for the crime. Evil exceeds itself in the wrong it commits. The crime is often greater than the reason for the crime. Often it begins with one thing, but ends up doing even more and worse. So the drama of the arrest to kill Jesus begins without full explanation. On the other hand, there is Jesus who offers no resistance to the mob and appears to fall powerlessly into the hands of his captors. This is the miracle of the story because to the last there is a magisterium to his action there they are exercising control over him but he's the one truly in control he appears almost as the choreographer he is narrating predicting and organizing the outcome of the events as he goes along as i reread the story of the crucifixion I was trying to identify the elements of the crucifixion story that repeat themselves in everyday life over against those that were mere one-off. I found myself thinking that this was a metaphor of life and of history. 
It is life that happens over and over again, perhaps without the resurrection itself, but always with the hope in the midst of despair. The story is not just true to life, it is life itself. Allow me to treat the theme of Jesus as the victim, the minority, without real power, the one spoken against and acting against by the powerful. Jesus is the outnumbered and unconnected against whom the powerful are minded to act. History, as it unfolds itself, is a series of power games. Those who wield authority and power flex their muscles against the little people, against the weak. The rules favor them, and they can do as they please. That is what they believe, and there is no one to stop them or to prevent them. So they flex their muscles and destroy the lives of others. At relatively minor moments in the story of the Christian faith, it positions itself on the side of those who are would-be victims of the machinations of power. It calls them out for their misdeeds, and it protests the wrongs done by the powerful. But soon religion, even the religion of the cross, finds that it is safer and easier to line up beside the interests of the powerful and make excuses for them, and what is worse, to mirror the actions of the powerful in what even religion does to its own. The weak and the powerless must know, however, that they by their lot are on the right side of history. The thrust of history is aligned with them and their lot. This is what always happens. It is not strange it only offers the key to the undoing of the powerful. This is why we keep coming back to the story of Jesus and of Easter. On the day, no one spoke up for Jesus, not even in pity. He was isolated, and on the face of it, he was defeated. They plotted and executed their plots. They did what they wanted to, to him. At a point, they even made sport of him by raffling his clothes to decide which one of them would get it. The irony of history, <coughs> the irony of history is that the joke was on those who were making fun of him. This has been the story ever since. The victim becomes the victor. The dead was raised again. You might say he had the last laugh. This is not a matter of calculus alone. So somehow perversely the numbers work out in favor of the minority. It is not even an overlooked detail. It is profoundly about the nature of the universe because of what God in Jesus Christ intended. Something happens to power when it feels its oats. It does crazy things. It wounds and injures the vulnerable and overkills for sports. We are in the midst of a war against Ukraine by Russia. Now that the body bags are coming in, it is almost as if Mr. Putin is trying to be Hitler all over again. It is uncanny how history of Hitler's Germany appears to be repeating itself in Putin's Ukraine. 
it is as if he thinks that there is no one there so no one but itself matters there is no one looking so no one sees the details are overlooked and it thinks that the details will never matter no one is writing so there is no record but there is history records the details and nature witnesses the atrocities after it has been careless and cruel and unconscionable it itself has the record of its own action and it its own witness against itself its conscience is called upon to give testimony against itself so no so one by one its schemes fall apart and it achieves but what it achieves is not what it desires the lesson was there at the first good friday in evil is the seed of its own undoing the crime committed against jesus is their crime the record is their own and the scoundrel that committed the dastardly action are themselves if the crucifixion of jesus were nothing but a work of art the villain and the scoundrels were priests and teachers of the law this was the work of their hand how ironic can it be the religious leaders are the real criminal and scoundrels if earth's noblest and finest did these things what was left for the villains and scoundrels to do this is the tragedy of the crucifixion of jesus this is the tragedy of the crucifixion of jesus is that the myth of our innocence is blown it is what good people left to themselves and their own devices have done and when we are left alone with our thoughts we must answer for ourselves are we any better than they this is what left to our devices we do these are the power games we play against the weak and vulnerable and the few and the minority this is the animal farm we make of our world we are the vile ones doing the real injury and damage to others this is our doing earth's finest has done this on ourselves if we really want to be to understand the evil in the world and its origin perhaps we should get a mirror this is one of the lessons from the first good friday evil that ruled the day did not come from some vile place some dark space the plot with the moral leaders and the plot originated in the hollowed halls of religion not much has changed we do not have to look too far it is among us and perhaps worse it is from within us in order to remake the world we have to remake ourselves this is not saying that no one is evil but ourselves it is establishing that the evil that is in others is not unlike what we find in ourselves the noblest among us have, con have a continuity in action with the vilest among us the fix must include all of us both the vilest and the noblest among us 
the evil that we fear and detest is not that far from the best among us. Good Friday is for confession and for contrition, not so much condemnation. This Good Friday, let us make take another look at ourselves and within ourselves. Amen. <laughs>